0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So glad you've joined us. I hope your year is off to a fantastic start. I want to dive in with this podcast by telling you something that I'm hearing float around D.C. I don't normally come with D.C. Gossip. D.C. is a company town, and so there's lots of gossip and lots of chit-chat, and everybody's got the backstory and the lowdown and the, you know, the, 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 the gossipy little backstory, but uh, I, I tend to ignore most of that, and I tend to pay attention to the macro trends and pay attention to stuff that's pretty verified. But I'm intrigued by this because even if it's not true, it still shows what people are concerned about and shows what trends are going on with this administration. Let me start by saying that one of the reasons I'm intrigued by this is that as I enter this year, I am aware of what some people call Trump derangement syndrome, uh, which is that people just flip out over Donald Trump and it's all they can talk about. I mean, I pay attention to global news. I have to rely on the BBC. I have to go outside of American press to, to get the news of the world because people are just hyper preoccupied with every belch and burp that Donald Trump uh, emits. I mean, it's just odd. They hate him, many of them in the press, uh, but they can't seem to get him off their minds. They can't seem to stop reporting. Every tweet, every word, every nuance. Uh, We have far more press conferences and appearances reported by Donald Trump or, or by Sarah Sanders and others than we ever had with the other recent presidents. And so it's an oddity. They despise him, and yet they focus on him all the more, I guess because they want to trip him up, they want to find mistakes. And I know he's an odd customer, and you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, that I am mixed about him. I am glad for some of the policy initiatives, some of the directions, um, some of the appointments. Obviously, I'm right of center, so I cheer that on. I do know that his manner is doing a lot of damage, and the way that prominent evangelicals are affixing themselves to him, making excuses for him, is damaging the cause of a faith I hold dear. So I've said all of that many times, and if you're interested in those perspectives, You can log back into previous podcasts. But what I'm aware of is that we're not paying attention to business in the world, not just as news consumers, but in D.C., because we are preoccupied with the latest Trump trauma, the latest Trump drama. And that's not necessarily his fault. That's just the way that people are responding to the presidency of Donald Trump. So there's a there's kind of a gossipy perspective going around d c there's a, a, some thinking maybe maybe it's turning into a hope. I've heard it from some people in the administration. I've heard it from some people up on the hill. Uh, I've heard it from people in you know some of the state department regions and things like that um, and and it is this. That there is a hope, and that really that's all it is please please don't think I'm making any announcement today. I'm not highly enough placed to be able to make an announcement uh but there is a hope and and there is the the just the merest little grain of a possibility some people think that's how's that for remote that Donald Trump could finish out his next two years or or maybe slightly less and then announce, like LBJ did in the 60s, that he's not going to run again. What this would do then is clear the field, get the the negative side of his administration off the field, and allow other people, perhaps more moderate, more well-behaved people uh, on the conservative side, on the Republican side, to run for office. Obviously, the first person to have at least a shot at it would be Mr. Pence, Vice President Pence, and then there would be others who are uh, eager to run. Uh, Mr. Kasich from Ohio, Governor of Ohio, has said certainly he's interested, and there are others who are doing the same. Now, why would this this be an advantage? It is because, as we all know, Donald Trump. Is a disruptor. Donald Trump is a man who likes to stir things up. He likes a fight. He likes an argument. He's combative. He's harsh. He's crass. And he likes to create stir. Well, so what's going on now is that even though some good things are happening, I'm glad the embassy got moved uh, in his, in Jerusalem from to Jerusalem. I'm glad for the improved jobs performances. I'm glad for slightly tougher immigration requirements. Though of course these big dramatic, you know, blocking of countries and moving troops to the southern border and all that—it's all been very uh, ill-advised and 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 unwise. Um, I'm glad for the uh, appointments of the of the men we've had to the Supreme court. I know one of them has some ethical questions trailing him, but as a justice, he's doing well and will be a good man. Um, I'm glad for a pro-life stand. I'm glad for some of these other things. Very glad, very, very happy to see what's happened. And I wish that uh, some earlier Republican presidents had had the courage to do some of these things. At the same time, though, um, Donald Trump has not actually drained the swamp, as he said. He, he ended up surrounding himself with some swamp creatures. <laughs> and so we've had, what, five or six of his campaign officials and attorneys and so on actually indicted. And we've all been preoccupied with that. Um, there's going to be a strong move to impeach him in the House now that the Democrats control the House. It won't get past the Senate, but it could be highly damaging. It certainly will be distracting from the nation's business. And so we could end up with the same kind of impeachment uh, that that Mr. Clinton had, where he's impeached by one part of the House, I mean, sorry, one part of the Congress, but he doesn't actually leave office, but you end up walking with a limp for the rest of your administration. Uh, that's very, very possible. Uh, there are ongoing investigations. There is ongoing uh, debilitating investigations, and there are going to be many, many more because every, almost every committee now of the House is empowered to subpoena. It is empowered to invest. It's empowered to interview. It's empowered to request documents. It's empowered to have confidential uh, documents and other information, intelligence. And most of these people are going to be focused on unseating, impeaching, or at least embarrassing and weakening Donald Trump. So he's aware of all this. And what would appeal to his ego about this, as this plan is proposed, is that he would be able, first of all, to declare himself the greatest American president who has ever walked the face of the earth, something he has actually said before in so many words. He would be able to say, look, I made promises, I came into office, and in less than four years, I have delivered. It's time for me to step out. I did what I came to do. I'm going to return to my life, return to my businesses, return to my children, return to my grandchildren. I'm going to return to what I care about. I want to be unrestrained, and I'm going to resign this office. I did it. I did it on my terms. I'm leaving on my terms. I am the greatest president who has ever walked the face of the earth. Now, that is Pretty much, minus the departure part, what Donald Trump has said of himself before. So the idea of doing a microphone drop and walking away... Is something that would appeal to him. Plus, you have to understand that in terms of lifestyle, duties, responsibilities, and work, uh, him stepping into the presidency was a step down. He had a better life before. He had greater freedom. He has plenty of money. He has planes. He's got homes. He's got businesses, and they're all thriving. Uh, and all of them are in great shape. And he could actually go forward with a happier life. He's going to be in his early seventies, um, and it's and it's 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 a it's an upgrade for him him to leave the presidency in terms of a lifestyle that he cares very much about. There is another thing too, and that is uh, for him now. Not only does he get to declare that he's the greatest president ever and walk off the stage on his own terms, and not only does he get to to say, "I'm returning to a lifestyle that I care about," but uh, he is going to be incredibly hampered in these next years, and he knows it. He knows that the freest time, uh, that the potentially the most effective time he's had is in these first two years of his administration, and now it's going to be fight after fight after fight, and it's a kind of fight he's. not good at he is uh, not good at what you might call political fights that have to eventually evolve into negotiated settlements. That is not the way he works. He believes in total war. He believes in the art of the deal as a tactic of total war. He believes in screwing your enemies and winning total victories. And that is not the way Washington works. I've said many times on this podcast that some of the best legislation we've had in recent decades came when Bill Clinton and Tom DeLay were hammering each other, disliking Liked each other, but had to compromise. Washington D C when it works at it at its best, is the art of Compromise, forced compromise, perhaps compromise after shutdowns, compromise after bombardment attempts from either side, but still compromise. I don't know that Donald Trump has the capacity to compromise. We haven't seen that really, and that's what's going to be necessary now. Democrats control the House. There's a majority for the Republicans in the Senate. Very little of a major size is going to move forward unless the tone changes, and I think we all know that's very not very likely. So. He could get done some of the things he wants to get done in the next couple of years. Not everything he wants to get done. He could declare he's not going to run again. He's the greatest president yet. He could step out and leave the field to other people. Now, some people will say, well, why would you give up the bully pulpit of the presidency when we're trying to run for president? Well, The fact is that while I am not predicting a Donald Trump defeat, should he run for office, statistically, right now, it's very possible he could lose. And we have yet to have the results of the Mueller investigation. We have yet to have the results of some of these other investigations. We have yet to have this man uh, impeached and then try to run for office. Uh, We have yet to have the damage that's going to happen from this Democrat-controlled House. So, Again, I'm not advocating for this. I'm saying it illustrates some of the trends that are going on in our country right now. And by the way... All of this is distracting us from business in the world that we ought to be more involved in. Fascinating things are happening. Elections have happened, for example, in Brazil with good leaders. The the new president of Brazil actually wants a shofar blown at his inauguration. That's how pro-Israel, that's how Christian, and that's how um, uh, much he's given to uh, a, a higher elevated spiritual tone and a moral and ethical tone in his administration. I mean, to want a shafar blown in Brazil uh, is kind of an unusual thing. The guy, by the way, is not Jewish. So, um, I mean, this is at least interesting. And I think it says something uh, good and elevated. And God knows South America is troubled uh, in its governments. And uh, this is one of the countries that's a hedge against Venezuela. We could go on and on and on. Do we know about this? Are we hearing about this in our press? Is anyone in D.C. focused on this? Well, yeah, the Brazil desk at the State Department, but not very many people. So. The good news is that Trump exits the scene. He exits the scene victorious. His followers are happy, sad to see him go. He gets out of these things. Now, slight negative is the day he walks out of office, he will come under some additional investigation and maybe some uh, attempted indictments that are possible only once he's left office and aren't possible while he's in office. But quite frankly, almost every president deals with that these days. And when a man leaves office, it's no longer that uh critical, that vital, that pressing that charges against him exist So frequently they drop off. Who knows how that's going to go? It allows Trump to leave the scene. It allows Trump to step off the stage. It allows Trump to declare victory. It allows him to return to a lifestyle he loves. It allows him to continue to be a player on the global stage in American politics. And yet it allows him to let someone else run for office. You see the alignment happening on the Democrat side. You see the people planning to run for office. It's pretty obvious that the democrats are going to be eating their young in the primary season. You may have twenty or thirty people decide to run for president, and they will devour each other, and they will exhaust their coffers, and they will weary each other, and so it's not only possible that the country will be in the kind of shape that uh, we we will we that there will be something to brag about on the GOP side, um, but also the idea that you can stand on that victory but promise a new spirit, a new attitude, a new ethic, a new tone. Since Trump will have stepped out of office, or or at least be promising to, um, that would be appealing to a lot of people. A lot of people who voted for Trump have soured on his tone, are like me, glad for some of his policy directed, directions, and they would welcome someone who can. Continues that same direction, but has a different tone, different ethic, different manner with people, capable of compromise, fierce, but nevertheless a statesman that's what people are clamoring for so it's possible that uh, the GOP frontrunner could win standing on Trump's successes but promising a change from Trump's tone and that's what that's what people are starting to get a little bit excited about I I mean this is this is a an idea that's a tiny cloud in the sky this is not the prevailing view nobody's there yet the new Congress has hardly even sat I mean we're not even there yet but this idea is being much discussed where I go anyway And the reason is that people see it as the solution to what's going to bedevil us for the next two years. We are going to deal with investigation and indictment and Trump derangement syndrome, not only amongst the press, but amongst uh, certainly in the House and amongst Democrats and even among some Republicans who hate Trump. And that's going to be the big discussion. Well, it's distracting from the larger business of the nation. It's distracting from the more important things. And so there are some good people who hold Trump's core values, but don't uh, reflect Trump's tone, manner, bombastic nature. And so there can be a promise of a loftier day with the same core values. That appeals to a lot of people. So. Sometimes I like to pay attention to ideas that are gain, gaining currency, not because I think they're actually going to prevail, not because I think they're actually going to uh, you know, take, take the lead or, or dominate the field, but because I think they show us what are the factors people are hoping are addressed. Why would somebody get excited about this idea? Because Trump is, is as much trouble as he is benefit, uh, because the other side is coming from him, because we're distracted from the nation, nation's business, because people wish for someone who could reflect some of the core values Trump says he holds, and yet at the same time be more of a statesman, more of an elevated leader. All of these things are benefits, and who knows what might happen. And then there's the very real possibility, we don't need to let go of this, I won't break out the stats right at the moment, but at this moment, all I'm saying, I'm not predicting, prophesying, at this moment, Trump could According to the statistics, he could easily lose. He's not doing well in the polls. He's descending. It's amazing. He has had—I'll so have to give him his due—some amazing uh, successes while in office. At the same time, though, his personal popularity, uh, the desire of people to have him long-term, the awareness of people, uh, on people on the part of most people that that he is doing damage to the country while he's doing some good things is is very much forefront in people's minds. I talk to a lot of people. I like chatting on the Metro. I like talking to people at the conferences where I speak. I like uh, just sitting around talking politics with people if they want to. I rarely bring it up. I let them bring it up. And even and there are there are those who hate Trump and everything he ever does and every, every rock he ever stands on. And then there are those who like what he's doing. I don't hardly meet anyone who likes Trump and the impact he's personally having on the country. They might like his policies, but they don't necessarily like him. If they could choose someone else who is representing his core values, but is not does not have his manner, they would in a heartbeat. That really says something. Now, that's just anecdotal. That's just Stephen Mansfield roaming the world. But the fact is that if that's where people are, it, those factors, those negatives, let's say, are only going to get worse in the next two years. So we want to pay attention to this. And I want to say, too, because I track Christian trends and, and religious trends in politics, I want to say, too, that those who are outspoken in support of Trump, publicly outspoken in support of Trump, uh, those who are almost his evangelical uh, apologist, almost those who rush to the cameras to defend him, should be careful. They should be careful because, first of all, they represent a higher spiritual and moral code and truth that Trump does not always represent, as much as some of his policies might be lined up with that. And also, there might be a change coming, as Bob Dylan sang. There might be a change coming. We're living in fascinating times. We do not need to be afraid. We do need to know that upheaval is coming. We do need to not be wearied by the battles that are about to happen uh, on Capitol Hill and and a about the... Even already, we haven't even got this new class really (laughs) active yet, and I'm a little tired of them. Um, But this is is going to be a contentious time. Don't be wearied. Be bold. Be clear-eyed in your vision and realize that serious changes are coming and that it's possible that something dramatic like what I've described, Donald Trump not running for another term, could happen. Even if it doesn't, the idea, just contemplating the idea shines a light on some of the trends that are defining our times. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.